Get personal with loyalty, where we're discussing using loyalty to deliver personalized, relevant customer experiences. I am your host, Erin Reese, and today I'm here with Phil Shelper from Loyalty and Reward Co. He is the founder and CEO. Welcome, Phil. Uh, thanks, Erin. Great to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. I'm so excited about this conversation. Um, before we get too started and go too deep, I'd love to hear how you got started in loyalty. Uh, you, you're doing so much for the space and you've written books and you have all this passion. Just really curious where, where it all started. Yeah, I actually uh, worked, worked at Vodafone for eight years and most of that was in marketing. And I spent 12 months in the loyalty and retention team and just love the idea of designing new bespoke programs to drive customer retention and, and customer engagement and got a, a, a real bug for it. Uh, that led to me landing a role at Qantas Frequent Flyer. I was there for four years uh, over uh, GFC and got access to all areas of the business, launched some really great new products, uh, Got uh, did a lot of uh, commercial modelling uh, and really understood what makes a, a, Qantas, a, a Frequent Flyer program uh, so effective. Uh, and then when I left there, I actually got contacted by LL Airlines uh, from Israel who wanted to replicate Qantas's success. Uh, so I worked with them and one of their consulting firms uh, to provide them with some guidance over a 12 month period on, on how to restructure uh, their program. And from there, I thought, you know, I think there might actually be something here. Uh, so I started up uh, Loyalty and Award Co. And we turned uh, 10 years old this month and uh, we've consulted to over 100 brands uh, all around the world uh, during that period. Uh, so it's been a, a really amazing journey. Uh, one of the things that I did when I was at Qantas Frequent Flyer is responsible for competitor monitoring. So every month I would go and look at what uh, all of the main competitors were doing all around the world and provide a report to present to senior management, which meant I joined lots of loyalty programs while I was there. And when I left and, uh, and started up uh, the company, I continued that habit uh, of joining lots of programs. And I've also instilled that in, in my staff as well. So everyone has to join a new program uh, every month and, and write a blog article about it. If you walk into a retail outlet or if you're transacting online and you're asked if you want to join the loyalty program, you have to say yes. So as a result of that, we've joined hundreds of programs, we've studied hundreds more, and it's been really valuable in helping us to build out our knowledge in terms of the, the full view of what's happening all around the world in the loyalty industry. I really love that. I, I know I've seen them on LinkedIn too because I, I have commented and and been very interested in in their take on on some of these programs. Do you guys then like meet internally and and talk about like what's working, what's not, what were they thinking? <laughs> kind yeah, of. Yeah, we do a lot of that. Yeah, we do. Um, one of the things that I've said to the staff is write about anything that you want, but you have to have an opinion uh, because when we're going and consulting the clients. The clients want us to have an opinion. Uh, that that's really important. So it, it gives us all an opportunity to uh, to practice uh, sharing our voice in in a way that is uh, constructive. And uh, we talk about it uh, a lot uh, in terms of what we've seen and what we've joined and what the experience has been, uh, which is very valuable, obviously, in, in building out everyone's knowledge. The, the, how fun. Um, and it, it makes it fun. I do that too when, um, I mean, not to the extent that you are, but we're hiring a lot of people over here and 
people have asked me in the industry, oh, you know, or, or recommending people in the industry. I'm like, no, I'm not necessarily hiring for the industry experience. I'm hiring for the experience for the particular role because I feel like you can, if you're a consumer, you can, and you are in programs, you can fairly quickly at least pick up the concepts and begin to your, you know, to your point, have an opinion. So I always, when I'm interviewing somebody, what programs are you in? Do they even realize that they're in some programs and not others? I've had some people really have aha moments and be like, oh, yeah, I'm in an airline program. I'm in a hotel program. <laughs> like, OK, well, what about where do you are you eating out? You know, are you going to Chipotle? Are you going to McDonald's? Oh, yeah. You know, those are yeah. those are those are programs, too. And and then you just sometimes you just get these people rolling and they're just so excited by what they're like, all these experiences that they weren't kind of connecting the dots that were actually loyalty. Yeah, exactly right. Loyalty is one of those great industries where even though you might not be working in it, you can get lots of exposure to it. It's a bit like uh, advertising. If you're obsessed about advertising, then you can get access to a lot of it and and form opinions about it and, and have discussions. And loyalty uh, is, is definitely the same. When we're uh, looking to interview, well, when we're interviewing staff to, to try and fill a role, uh, the first question we'll ask is, what's your favourite loyalty program? And it's surprisingly often how people can't really answer that, or they'll just talk about the the main supermarket program, uh, which gives us a really good sense of how obsessed they they actually are uh, with, <laughs> with industry, yeah, or not exactly. That's right. Yeah, we, we need you to get a little more obsessed, right? That's <laughs> it. That's it. Absolutely. Here, yeah. That's a requirement. Um, mm. So as you're doing all that, and, and obviously watching all these programs and I know you're doing it globally because it's now escaping me which one I was reading about but um you're in Australia I, I'm in the states and uh your team covered something here in the states so it, as you're looking at all of these are what are are there some interesting trends you're seeing or are there pro or maybe I should ask are there programs that are standing out because they're doing things that you would you think are more effective than others yeah, I think there is definitely some programs that are really standing out and they're doing so because they're delivering lots of value to the members, but they're also really differentiated as well. I think we can all agree there's lots of really, really boring loyalty programs out there and lots of programs where the majority of the members aren't really engaged because they're not seeing much of a return. Uh, it's particularly endemic in high street retail uh, where someone will join a program and they'll do some transactions they'll earn some points, then they'll realise that those points aren't actually worth anything and they'll throw the plastic card uh, in the bin. So the, the programs that are, are really standing out are the ones that have figured out how to deliver a, a lot of meaningful value uh, to their members, uh, but also uh, completely differentiate the, the brand as well. We were uh, uh, talking um, earlier to Built um, in the US, which uh, provides rewards to uh, people paying rent um, with their card. And it's just a, a amazing example of a, of a company that has identified a, a problem and, and solved that uh, with a loyalty program and they're just going from from strength to strength uh, as a result of that so I, I think uh, you know there's there definitely some great opportunities for companies that get really serious about it yeah so um, let's I'd like to dig into that a bit value to me is a big word and it could it could mean a lot of different things um, I just came off of uh, the Etail West event, and it spent a lot of time there this last week. And there was a gentleman that was on stage and he 
challenged loyalty programs in general and and pointed to it, well, it's it's just discounts, and so many programs are actually devaluing or have devalued over the last year or so, which I think was a true statement. Um, yeah. But so, so when you are coaching on value, what what does that mean, and and what are what are customers expecting for value? I, I think a lot of times people think about discounts as as the value, but that's those are those are fleeting, right? It 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 doesn't necessarily build loyalty. Yeah, well, I think uh, one thing that loyalty programs are really good at is structuring stored value. Uh, so if it's a, a points program or a credit program where when the member transacts, uh, that value is allocated to their account and they can accumulate that uh, over time, uh, that's that's actually incredibly powerful. Uh, we saw during uh, the GFC when I was at Qantas, uh, uh, comp- uh, consumers were dipping into their points as a way to continue to be able to consume without having to, to spend cash. Uh, so there was a massive spike in, in points redemptions. And uh, the same thing uh, happened uh, in the early stages of the pandemic lockdown as well in, in 2020. So people will gravitate to the brands where they have value that they can they can dip into um, at, at the right time. Uh, so that, that tangible functional value uh, is, is very, very important. Uh, so, uh, people will do that. The other one is, uh, I mean, you can, you know, dismiss loyalty programs as, as discount programs, but it's what people are looking for. We've been speaking with a lot of the big supermarket programs at the moment who have all seen massive re-engagement waves happening uh, as the, the global economy starts to sputter and, and move towards recession uh, because the 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 people are looking for ways that they can reduce the amount that they're spending, uh, take a little bit off the top, uh, access uh, points offers that will give them a, a, a credit uh, on future spend and all, all that sort of thing. So there's there's that side of things where it really is about, I need to figure out ways that I can save or uh, create an alternative to, to spending cash. Uh, the other side of value is really uh, um, the the really premium um, experience type thing. So I flew from uh, Sydney to Melbourne and back yesterday, uh, and I'm a, a gold Qantas frequent flyer. Uh, there was this ridiculously long queue at security. And as a as a gold member, I get to go in the priority queue. That saved me 20 minutes just getting through security. Then I went straight into the lounge. Uh, I had a barista made coffee. I got to have a relax and work on my laptop and plug into power. And then I was called when it was time to go on board the flight and I got to board the flight first. Right. So there's the amount of value uh, in that in that experience. Uh, it's almost unquantifiable. So there's not, not all companies have the opportunity to provide value at that level, but we're yet to come across a client that there isn't some value within the business or in partnering up with other companies uh, to, to really make that effective. Yeah, well, and I think, to, to kind of play off of what you've just said too is the I like the points points or miles or or whatever you want to call it. Some we're hearing different brands. People say I don't want point. I don't want to give points, but I don't know. I want to give whatever their logo is. You know, I don't know elephants or yeah. or something. You yeah. know, it's it so it, it it's a currency that's not a necessarily quote unquote discount. It's something that can be used later, like you said, and and work as a currency. So it's an alternative when potentially when times get tough or you you 
want to um, maybe purchase something that's maybe a little bit outside your budget, you then have that value to to apply, which I think is is really cool. Um, and then, but then consumers today, all of us being so busy, I don't know what we're all doing, but we're, we're all so yeah. busy. Well, maybe it's because we all want to try to get done when we need to get done so we can spend more quality time with our families or on things that we want. So to us, time is a real currency. And so to yep. your example, what Quan has found for you in your status is a way to make your life more simple, um, recognizing that your time is is really valuable and of currency to you and allowing you that extra um no time to be able to do the things that you wanted to do too yeah and there's an additional uh, emotional aspect to that as well uh because uh whether we like it or not as as uh humans we love the idea of getting access to something that other people don't have access to it, it speaks to our need for self-esteem and so that's pro being provided with that sense of exclusivity is is incredibly powerful in helping to bond the consumer to the brand so um, selfishly, not only did I like the fact that I had that very streamlined and, and premium experience, but I also love the fact that that big long queue of people who are going to have to spend 20 minutes getting through security uh, didn't get access to that uh, and uh, and don't didn't get to go into the lounge and didn't get to board first. So, uh, at, at, you know, at, at, as a, a member, it makes me feel uh, better about myself as well, which speaks yeah. to my low self-esteem issues. Yeah, <laughs> that you don't have, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and and you got to, you didn't have to wait in line for your coffee, your barista exactly. made coffee. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, well, and and so obviously there's there's as we've been talking, it's the the I guess the benefits, the the currency, the potential value. Then there's the benefits of the softer benefits of that the companies can provide, and maybe in retail, it's tailoring or early sales or meet the designer things like that but that that extra value that could be very interesting to that particular segment what yeah. about personalization again coming off of this conference every single conversation was around personalization and yeah. um and frankly every technology that was in the room was talking about personalization and how they can deliver upon it so the, i think that there's a lot to kind of unpack there as we have this conversation. I'd probably like to start with personalization um, and, and what's your take on that? How can loyalty support it? And then we, we can move into like what does, how does loyalty programs really play in, in the, the broader um, experience overall? Yes, I think I think first a definition of personalization relevant for loyalty programs, because as you said, everyone's talking personalization. No one's actually clearly defining what it is and what it means for the end consumer. So we talk about personalization across three areas, communications, offers and experiences. So communications is pretty straightforward. I think most companies worth their salt are already doing some form of, of personalization, although there's still way too much what we call marketing assault going on where they just keep hitting hitting the customer base with generic emails and in the hope that a, a small percentage of them might do an additional transaction. But getting the communications right, relevant content uh, is, is important, but also across multiple channels so that the member can choose uh, how they receive that information. 
um, offers are specifically relevant for, for loyalty. So serving up relevant offers that they want to engage with and, and not stuff that is, isn't relevant for them. Uh, I always use Uniqlo as an example. So I joined their loyalty program a few years ago when I was buying some clothes for my children. And I think the same day I joined, I started receiving an email, which is, I think I was getting five emails a day and most of them were for women's clothing. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So um, get, getting getting that right and, and serving up stuff that people do want to engage with is, is critical. Uh, and the third one is experiences. So we work a lot with our clients to say, what are all the touch points that uh, that customers can engage with with your company? What is the experience that they receive at that touch point and how can you make that touch point experience uh, immediately relevant? So that might be using um, AI to generate unique instances through the website or through the app. It might be using making a better attempt to utilize the data at hand for call center experiences. But the big one, which we, we think very few companies have cracked yet, is in-store personalization. So if a customer wants to have a personalized in-store experience, what is the opportunities to provide that for them as well? So um, I, I love all that. The personalization has to start with the data, right? So yeah. how are you coaching customers on on that to, to, to go back to this event that I was just at? Again, conversations all like this, all around personalization, all around um, how do you deliver better experiences? But you, yeah, you can't do it without data. And a lot of these organizations were talking about the data they were collecting mostly from transactions and perhaps their um, uh, like that person motor score type um, uh, vehicle, Medallia or a, um, like a Qualtrics kind of thing, like ranking, how do you feel about this experience? And so yep. perhaps some of the call center uh, um, data that they're collecting when people are calling them. Um, yeah. Be curious, loyalty can provide a whole lot more, right? And yeah. how are you coaching clients on that? Yeah, I think so. Typically, we see a lot of confusion within organizations, particularly big organizations, about uh, the collection and structuring and, and utilization of data. Uh, I think there's a lot of companies out there who are collecting a lot of data. Um, there's very few companies who are collecting the right sort of data and then structuring it in a way that it's accessible to relevant people across the business to help influence their strategic decision making and power personalization strategies. Uh, we think that uh, loyalty programs is actually a really great way to drive that full digital transformation uh, across businesses and, and arrive at that omnichannel personalization goal. Uh, so uh, uh, certainly uh, working backwards, uh, there needs to be a, a strategy piece of work around if if the company is going to do uh, is going to execute a omnichannel personalization strategy, what data would be required in order to fully realize that? So that then becomes the data brief for the loyalty the, the loyalty program to say, okay, how are we going to go and collect this data, and what's all the different strategies we'll use to build out comprehensive data profiles uh, against our members and. Loyalty programs are awesome for that. So through the registration process, you're collecting data, uh, transactional data. Uh, if members are engaging with digital uh, elements, then that can all be collected, website, app, et cetera. You already mentioned um, call center data. Then you've got surveys, 
uh, and uh, all sorts of things as well, uh, family and household clustering. So you can quite quickly, quickly build out a, a good data profile. The next step is to get that structured properly uh, within a, a database or a data lake uh, and build an analytics and reporting layer over the top of it that can enable people across the business to access the insights that they need to support their strategic decision making. A big step that most companies uh, skip or don't execute very well is a good quality lifecycle management strategy. So starting something fairly basic. So what is the onboarding communications? What is all your growth communications? How are you building out your members as advocates? And then what is your retention and win back strategies? And then making that more and more granular over time as you optimize that approach. Um, so that that really is the the first stage to uh, uh, building out that more comprehensive personalization strategy. And then once you've got all of that in place, uh, everything else is really just optimizing it uh, over time by using customer feedback loop, by data analytics to see how members are responding uh, to to what you're putting in front of them as well. Uh, big companies are using AI very effectively. It's still prohibitively expensive for smaller companies, but it is going to get cheaper and more accessible. So companies should really be exploring how is AI going to play a role in helping to execute this strategy. Uh, I think most companies look at this and go, it's just all too hard. And it is hard, and that's what makes it so valuable because it is going to play a critical role in driving that deep customer engagement and it is very hard to do. So the companies that do do it and do it successfully, from our perspective, they're the companies that are really going to dominate over the next decade, because certainly from the con consumer perspective, it's an expectation that companies will use their data to deliver them uh, that, that rich personalized experience and brands that don't do it are definitely going to fall behind. Uh, you, you said so much there. <laughs> I love to unpack. Um, and I just even from the beginning of it, that you know, loyalty programs can really support the full digital transformation. And um, I, I think that that's just such a, a great statement because done well, it can, loyalty should be able to collect data from all the different touch points and then be able to feed back those personalized experiences at those same touch points in theory, right? Absolutely. Um, it, but it, it's but then the question is yeah how do you do it and I love that you've got a framework for it um, but I do think it was you even it, me being in the space for as long as I have as you were going through that I was kind of beginning to go oh my gosh my my <laughs> heart rate's going up like well there's there's so much to do here how do, how do you get it all done um, you for people for organizations um, I mean obviously small organizations have less people large organizations have 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 more resources. But actually, it, it almost feels like it, it's kind of the same, even you know, just relative based on the size. What, what's really needed as far as people power to, to get this done? Or do you tap different departments? How, how do you guide clients and in, in how do you prepare to, to take the loyalty plunge, so to speak? Yeah, I think where most companies uh, uh, stop before they start is developing a good quality loyalty strategy. Uh, there's very few companies that would have the expertise within their organization to be able to do that properly. So um, hence engaging consultancies like Loyalty and Award Co um, to do that uh, so that you've, you've got a clear roadmap 
you've got clarity on what you're going to do, the commercial modelling is done, you've got all the technical documentation and process mapping uh, all, all down on paper uh, so that you know exactly what you need to execute. Um, the second step is getting the right platform solution. 100% uh, of our clients that we work with uh, need uh, additional technology uh, to support their, their loyalty platform. And the great thing about uh, loyalty platforms these days, um, uh, such as Annex Cloud, is they're incredibly rich and, and very cost effective. Uh, they can do um, so much stuff out of the box, uh, which really helps to support this journey. Uh, they can integrate, they're all API first, uh, so it's, it's relatively easy, easy to uh, put them in place and, and start uh, using them. And I, I think if you've got the, the strategy and you've got the, the technology, uh, they're the two uh, critical elements. Uh, everything else um, from, from there on in uh, is really about uh, optimization via test and learn and, and analytics. So I think most companies look at it as though it's something very big and very scary, but I think if they engage the, the right consultants and the right tech, uh, they'll find that it's actually quite achievable. Yeah, we're certainly seeing it. I mean, there's brands out there that are are executing and executing well. There's um, a handful that I could rattle off. I wish there were more that talk about loyalty and being uh, as 85 to 95 to even 98% of the transactions that they have coming through the door are loyalty yep. transactions. And I think where that's significant is those nothing else, you're collecting valuable information from those people because they're raising their hand at each at each touch point, right? Or, or at each transaction, at least so you're able to to connect with them. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's also, I think, a bit of a a bit of a, a myth that consumers don't want to share data as well. And and certainly there is a vocal minority that are very anti sharing any data and, and wanting that to all uh, be be removed from the record. But from our perspective, the majority of consumers are more than happy to share their data with their favourite brands because they want to establish a relationship with that brand. Uh, so much so that consumers, as consumers, we actually take on brands as our own personal identity. Uh, so whether you're driving, driving a Merc or, or wearing a Gucci or uh, what, whatever it might be, uh, we, we feel positive about our association with those brands. So I, I think for the majority of consumers, there's not a concern about um, sharing that data and, and providing more data. But where it falls down is consumers get very frustrated when the brands aren't using that data in order to make pro provide them with a richer, more relevant experience. Right, right. I, I had an experience where I gave a whole bunch of data to a brand and in hopes that the the reason I did it was because it sounded as though they were going to give me those experiences back and and they haven't, which is it is yeah. it is disappointing. It kind of defeats the purpose. So if you're going to get out there and you're going to go that far, you need to make sure to your point you've got it you, that you have that plan, right? That's gonna yeah. bring people back again and again. Um, one of the things too, when when you think about this your loyalty program to really um, uh, complete or to drive your digital transformation, uh, especially with all the security and privacy and everything, what I talk a lot about, but I, I don't know that I see a whole lot of this being talked about. So curious what you're seeing is that what's, there's a variety of things that are unique about loyalty, of course, a lot of the things that you just talked about, but it starts with consent. 
And it starts yeah. with a commitment. So when we have our loyalty relationship that you and I are going to start now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you say, hey, Erin, you know, if you give me your information, I'm going to, you know, we're going to have better conversations because we're going to know what to talk about. Well, I'm saying, okay, great. Well, I'll give you my consent. And then, and then I'm going to embrace my hand and make sure that I'm being proactive that, you know, with, with all of our interactions that way. And, and no other like technology or strategy is, is doing something like that. So it's innate to what loyalty programs are all about. Yeah, exactly right. So in many ways, a, a loyalty program is a, a relationship uh, program. And uh, I think with things like the, the shockwave that the Cambridge Analytica scandal sent across the world, um, the massive data breaches that are happening uh, around the world across loyalty programs has given governments the, the courage and the impetus to really tighten up uh, consumer privacy protection. So we've seen it with GDPR in uh, Europe, the, the California Privacy Act, and now uh, the Australian government uh, is about to enforce uh, something very similar as well, where consumers have a lot more control over uh, consent to uh, collect data, uh, the ability to understand what data is being collected about them, and even the ability to request that that, that data be removed. So it really does come down to uh, a, a situation of a relationship and one of trust. Uh, so brands just have to try harder. But from my, from our perspective, brands should be doing that anyway. So if they're not doing it, uh, they're going to suffer. Uh, so there there is there's definitely a, an, an ethical element uh, to that where uh, those brands that are, are doing the right thing are going to win. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it's a, an exciting time for loyalty, loyalty programs, loyalty strategies. I think that, um, you, to your point, we now have the technology, we have the ability, we've got the data, we have the AI um, you, to, to really make some interesting things happen. So curious how, how you're looking at, pretty bullish for the future? Yeah, well, I think uh, since uh, the pandemic uh, commenced, uh, the whole loyalty industry is absolutely booming. Uh, there's a, a few elements to that. Uh, certainly, uh, brands realizing that they needed to do things differently when consumers couldn't go and visit their shops uh, was a, a big wake-up call. Uh, so, from our perspective, a lot of brands that had been working on their digital transformation for the last decade suddenly got very serious about it, and a big part of that uh, is doing a, a good quality loyalty program. And and then the rest of the industry responds to it. So as you see one loyalty program pop up for one brand, um, competitors will then say, okay, we need to uh, work harder in that space. Uh, Google banning cookies has been a, a massive driver uh, because people don't want to be beholden to Facebook and, and Google tools, uh, which are going to be quite expensive uh, for their marketing. So they're all uh, obsessing about collection of zero and first party data in order to ensure that they can still market, do, do, do digital marketing uh, at a reasonable cost as well. And I think the third thing is just a general awareness uh, across businesses that uh, the, the rise of uh, the need for personalization, delivering better value, working harder to retain customers is just good business strategy. And so once again, loyalty programs have a, a really clear role uh, to play there in, in helping companies realize that. I love it. Perfect. 
Well, I think that's a great place to to wrap this up. I so much great information that you shared. Lots of great nuggets for us to all learn from. So thank you so much. Anything else? Any other parting thoughts? Um, I think for me, uh, just talking back to uh, what 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 I talked about at the start. The number one thing that companies should be obsessing about with their loyalty programs is the delivery of value. So members will engage with your loyalty program if they perceive that you're going to provide them with meaningful value, and they'll continue to engage if they perceive that you are providing value. So a big part of your uh, strategic management of the program should be thinking about where are you going to get more and more value for those members that is going to appeal to them. Uh, that's what makes a, a loyalty program live or die. Love it. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for your time, Phil. I guess one last point. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? And also, you have another book coming out or a new edition of a book. Do you want to talk about uh, yeah. that? That's right. So uh, our website is loyaltyrewardco.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Philip Schulper. Uh, we've got our book uh, available on Amazon and all leading bookstores, Loyalty Programs, The Complete Guide. And we're just in the process of writing the second edition of that, which we should be releasing uh, later on this year. So lo lots of opportunities. Uh, our team generate about 20 blog articles uh, a month around things that are happening within the loyalty industry as well. Uh, so there's lots of articles to read and stay up to speed with what's happening in the industry on our website. I love it, love it. And for anybody listening, uh, we, we buy a, a copy of your book for all of our new employees. So like I said, we're hiring outside the industry. We're bringing them in and, and yours, uh, your book is our Bible. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Loyalty, so. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Get Personal with Loyalty. Join us next time for more Loyalty Insights. Until then, dare to dream. Let Annex Cloud help make your dreams a reality. Visit AnnexCloud.com. See you soon.